1: Of flame, the hottest podcast on the internet. The great Eddie Cochran. Come on, everybody.
0: I look like a mad scientist today. A little better. How about that background? A Kazakh man from Turkey with his giant bird of prey right there. How fucking cool is that? Him and his him and his raptor just
1: hanging out together, right?
0: I was into birds like that. I was very into hawks when I lived in California. I had a lot of interesting experiences with hawks. Um, it'd be cool to grow up in a in a culture like that, learn how to, you know, work with those animals in that way. Very cool. So today's show is going to be about uh, Turkey and other things. Um, We'll talk about the other things, and then we'll talk about Turkey. And I I have a little bit of a different uh, slant on Turkey. Uh, We're going to try to understand what happened and why it happened and what's behind, what forces are behind why it happened. And how it happened. So we're gonna we're gonna pull the rubble away a little bit here and um, try to unearth um, what's taking place in Turkey. So welcome to the show. It's fifteen minutes flame. I'm Robert Phoenix. I'm joined by the venerable Jasper, who is uh, crapped out over here. Jasper, you're you're sleeping through the show again. You're sleeping through the show. You're you're not earning your wet food by being a part of the show. Speaking of wet, very wet here in the hill country. Woke up this morning to thunder, lightning, and buckets of rain. And Lord knows we can use it. It's been so dry here. Really, really dry. And we came off of a freeze
1: last week. Um, A lot of dust.
0: A lot of dust, no snow. Uh, some areas got some snow. Uh, Joan is still recuperating from what happened. She still, I mean, this was Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. She still doesn't have any internet. We're, we're approaching a week now without any internet for Joan in Austin. That's Comcast, by the way. And uh, the impact of the heavy-duty Ice and uh, just dust on trees in her area have been devastating, really devastating. So a lot of tree loss, heavy branches, uh, damaged power lines, you know, it. it, it, and, it the, and the weird thing was that there wasn't any, any really real snow, it was mostly, mostly ice. And, you know, the ice gets really heavy and, and as, as it forms around these branches. And, it you know, it, it uh, drags these branches down. And this is an area that we get a freeze maybe once or twice a year. And, uh, boy, this last one really. There, there, there are people, I think, that still are without power. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's not really the grid but it's the damage that is done to lines uh, with what I just talked about with these trees that, that uh, fall on the power lines. Anyway, um, we're good here. seem to be you know, out of the crosshairs of all the heavy-duty um, meteorological stuff. Even when we had the snowpocalypse in 2020, like, I had, I had friends in, in Fredericksburg who didn't have power for 10 days, a crazy shit. Right. And they, and they lived about a mile away from me to maybe two miles away from me. And I had a couple of days where it was interrupted mostly at night. So it didn't even really interrupt my daytime uh, activity. That was interesting. Kind of being in the center of chaos, but not being in the center of the chaos. Very, very unusual. Um, Anyway, welcome to the show. We're going to get into this turkey thing. Uh, Biden, of course, last night had his State of the Union, which I usually, you know, I'm sure I should watch them so that I can follow up on this garbage that's being uh, not just spoon fed to us, but shoveled down our throat. But I just, I refuse to do it. I just, I can't do it. I don't wanna be sucked up um, in the loose extractor of those moments. Maybe after the fact, I can go in and look at some of the things that were said. I know that there was a very clear call to uh, Take away the Second Amendment.
1: Somebody brought something up.
0: Who was it? Maybe it was Dinesh D'Souza. And he, he um, broached a, a topic that I've been talking about, which is the fact that everything that Biden is doing is an act. Even the whole senility trip is an act. It's all an act. The Biden senility, the uh, Harris stupidity, it's all an act. It's all part of the illusion. It's all part of the demoralization. It's all part of the, well, well, he's a senile old fool. So, you know, this is why this is happening. Discredits the process. And it gets people to buy into... Uh, the, the the strange, like, mythos of Biden and supporting Biden, which is really weird, right? It's like, it's like you're so, people are so entrenched in their, um, in their support and loyalty for their party that they don't really care. Like, they don't care. They don't care if, if, uh, their candidate is portraying himself as a senile old fool and and even if they knew that it was an act they still wouldn't care they still, they still wouldn't care but the fact is most people don't think it's an act and they'll spin it so that he's not the other guy right he's not trump um and they'll they'll spin it that biden is more humane and he's you know trained this aircraft carrier around in the ocean, right? And and, uh, bringing us back to uh, a safer port with, you know, more people-based values. And they just keep telling themselves that. Those sorts of justifications are why we're in such trouble on this planet. You know, I was thinking, watching it, and I just caught a clip. I didn't watch the whole thing, just a clip. And I was thinking about this whole idea of a house
1: divided. And I said to myself,
0: well, what, what could we be capable of? And, and just take the political thing out of the, the equation for a moment. Take it out of political terms. But if you wanted to um, translate it into political terms, you could do it. But what if we weren't a house divided? What if we were all on the same page, or at least 90% of us were on the same page, and 10% were in dissent? What could we accomplish as a people, as a culture, quite possibly as a nation?
1: That's a really interesting question.
0: Then we go down a few levels, right? Really successful companies. Are companies that are all on the same page. Everybody pulls their own weight. Everybody puts their ore in the water. Everybody has a um, an ideological and uh, psychological buy-in, emotional buy-in as to who they are, why they're there, and why it's important for them to be there. When you have all of that moving in one direction, um, it's a very powerful force. Right. You have an alignment of will inside of one group or organization. Think about it at a family level. If you have a family that's really aligned, and I'm talking a nuclear family, and then you know, maybe spreading out into you know, uncles, aunts, cousins, nep- nephews, nieces, whatever, right? But if you have that nuclear family and you're all on the same page, you have the same values, whether they're uh political or spiritual, religious values, if you're all on the same page, you have the same values, and you're all working towards the same goal, it's it's an unstoppable force, I'm telling you. It's a really unstoppable force. And when we see the fragmentation of the world from the family up, right, what it's doing is it's atomizing the potential for people to coalesce, bring their energy together and maximize it right? They don't want that, you know, the they, they don't want that. They're, now, quote, unquote, their families and their groups and and their uh, goals and aspirations, they remain untouched. They exist in a hermetically sealed field. And they strengthen their position by weakening the other. So this is what we've been going through. And we're all kind of waking up to this now, Right, people are finally starting to get wise and see that. Oh yeah, I know exactly. I mean, I, I remember when I first started to, re, you know, and I've had gradual degrees, but I, I you know, I was, I was kind of black blackpilled at a pretty young age. Um. So, but even even still, right? We go back and we we look at what was happening, what was happening during the formative years of my life. Now I've talked about it before. And I remember, like, really being into things like Playboy and Penthouse, like any other red-blooded American male would be, right? And just took that for granted, that that, uh, this was part of our rite of passage. And guess what? I look back on that now, and I say, you know what? That wasn't the healthiest thing. It wasn't the healthiest thing for me. It wasn't the healthiest thing for men. Uh, it wasn't the healthiest thing for women. And it's one of those vectors that is about the atomization of the family and values that are ultimately will ultimately tear us apart. Right. So looking back, right, oh, wow, that's interesting. And you can just look at the 60s. I mean, it is literally the uh, 60s and 70s are a minefield. By the way, I love the 60s and the 70s, I think they're great. They're really interesting times. I grew up in them. They shaped my consciousness for better or worse. So, um, but you look back on it, it's just a minefield of atomization. And that's when you begin to see the atomization of the nuclear family. It's during that period in time. I talked a little bit about James Dean today uh, in the uh, Astro Weather, who was really the first anti hero. East of Eden, rebel without a cause, and kind of sets everything in motion. You know, he's, it's almost as if James Dean is like a sacrifice, canonized as a saint of rebellion. Uranus in the true node and Aries on the ascendant. It's right there. Right? So that's the the model that we're moving towards. And today at the end of the show, um, you know, James Dean kind of lives up to the uh, idea of live fast, die young, and leave a good-looking corpse. And he got two of those things right. The good-looking corpse part, he did not get right. His corpse was so mangled that they had to have a closed casket. They couldn't do really anything with it. He was a massive uh, wreck with his little Porsche spider. Anyway, we're going to get into Turkey today. Uh, We're going to look at what I think is going on and has been going on for a very, very long time in terms of retaliation. And that is this whole idea of earthquake wars and weaponizing uh, the planet itself. So we're going to get into that today. Um, looks like I'm not the only one who is uh, gravitating around this idea. Um, Beverly sent me something uh, that was that's related to what uh, what we're going to talk about today. Let me just find something here really quickly. I didn't have a lot of time to prepare because it came right out of uh, Astro weather and came into
1: the show pretty much. Let's do this. I'm still here. There's no dead air. Dead well, there is dead air, but there's a reason why. Okay, I got that. Uh, give me one second here. I'm gonna find the one thing. This is interesting. We we'll get into this today. This will be good. There we go. That's what I want. That's what I want right there.
0: Doesn't really get into what I, I'm uh, looking at, but we're going to talk. We're going to talk about this. Um, this is good. Let me do one more
1: thing here. Okay, looking, 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 looking. Looking, 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 looking. Oh. Why is everything tied to Q? That's what I want to know. The storm is upon us. The storm is upon us. Let's see what else we have here. Uh, Give me one sec. I used to be able to find things on... The
0: internet so easy. Like type some And then you got to go into layers and layers and layers. And then it's like, I'm sifting through the rubble of these search results.
1: Mm. Still going through here. Give me one sec. Hmm. Well, this, that's interesting. What is this? Well, that's pretty recent. Give me one more second here, and I promise I'll I'll uh, get into I'll get into you guys in just a minute. The storm is upon us. Do I have to go through the wano Savin gate? Oh, God.
0: All right, here. Let me get into you guys. Oh, before I do that, let's uh, give some love to uh, Chris at True Hemp Science. And uh, and I know a lot of you have already availed yourself of Chris's fine products. But for those of you that are new here uh, and you have come over to check out the stream... Uh, one of the things that I do is I do promote our sponsor, which is TrueHempScience.com, and my buddy Christopher Lynch uh, is the uh, is the owner and operator of True Hemp Science. and right now my moon dust is kicking in. I can feel the clarity. co-mingle with the stimulation of the coffee and the caffeine experience, which. I indulge in once a day. There we go. I never really understood people who would drink like multiple cups of coffee a day. I I knew this guy one time. He was a butcher. And he would drink upwards of 20 cups of coffee a day. I'm like, that is fucking nuts. And eventually he stopped. Like he, you know, he would come into this restaurant that I worked at. He'd always want coffee. And then eventually, he'd be coming with his wife. He was a, he was a cool guy. He'd come in with his wife, and he said, do you have any decaf? I'm like, whoa, that's a change of pace. What's going on there? He said, oh, I gave up drinking coffee, caffeinated coffee. I'm like, wow. And I knew people that would just like just pound coffee throughout the day. I knew this one guy who would drink coffee. He would drink Diet Coke. I mean, this dude was a caffeinated freak. Nice guy, but man, whatever happened to him, John? Good dude. Anyway, this has nothing to do with caffeine. This is CBD hemp, and there's um, a lot of fantastic products on the site that you can use externally and internally. And I'm still waiting on the announcement of the uh, Moondust gummies which are, uh, in the works. And, uh, we had a little moon dust gummy, I think on the way to Vegas, uh, just did a half of a moon dust gummy and very effective. I have to say very effective. It made, uh, the TSA experience somewhat manageable. I hate TSA. Ugh, what a Leviathan. So the Moon got me definitely smoothed our entry into the uh, ATX, which is Austin's airport. So if you're interested in CBD and adding it to your health regimen, go to triumscience.com forward slash ref forward slash 23. Type in 15 mins, 15 M-I-N-S. And when you order $100 or more, you will get some free product in your order, which is great. But you got to type in 15 mins That's the code. $150 more and you get free shipping. And everybody who's experienced the products loves the products. You know, I've tried to get a, a, a picture of, uh, of Turkish women. And I wanted like traditional... Turkish women. I want a traditional dress and uh, really big and bold and colorful. And I ran into the same thing that um, I run into when I look for searches on images. They're all fucking owned by Dreamstock, Alami, Yeti images, like they have just hoarded all of these images and it's just it's ridiculous my beef really comes with the fact that they actually theoretically own these very old pictures that should be in the public domain like um alchemical illustrations woodcuts like they're in there it's like they've just they've They've licensed just, I mean, if it was up to them, they would license every single image on the internet.
1: Where are we? Let me get in here. Hold on. All right. Let's use in chat today.
0: Uh, we got my man, Michael, batting lead off. What's going on, Michael? at the door what's going on Steve good to see you Catherine Kramer what's going on KK had a great session with Catherine yesterday um thanks for the compliments on the weather there she is fantastic CC Jones Miss Nikki is in the house designated survivor uh hello glad I wasn't at that snoozer of a state of the union address it's just all it's it's bad theater it's uh Mel Brooks, it's the producers. Uh, Was the earthquake retribution by NATO? Yes, we're gonna get into that. Um, I put that up on uh, Twitter yesterday. They should put the State of the Union on with the Grammys, both evil rituals. It's a real toss up, isn't it? Which one is more, uh, more evil than the other? Let's see, Nicholas Grimm. What's going on, Nicholas? Good to see S.P. Dimples checking in. hucklebuck 411. Lyle Coyote, it occurred to me, it must be about half a million to a million directly and pretty immediately exterminated by the plot shot at this stage. That's probably about the number that uh, killed in the holo. It's a good comment,
1: Lyle. I had a great connection with Lyle the other day. I want to get Lyle on the show. Lyle um, Lyle knows Hollywood Babylon
0: inside track lots of stories maybe I can convince Lyle to come on the show this Friday for about an hour that'd be fun Uh, let's see who else do we have Kelly B what's going on Kelly B one AI excellent restoration yeah that was a nice job on that Eddie Cochran film video and that's in stereo too by the way Lisa W is here I you know I have there was a period of time where I was absolutely utterly obsessed with Mongolia I wanted to live in a yurt I really wanted to live in a yurt I wanted to live in a yurt in Mongolia I'm like this is where I want to be I want to be nomadic I want to I want to I want to live with horses I wanna I want to feel the the wind coming down from the steps into the lowlands ripping across my face. I want it to be so extremely cold in the wintertime that our little family snuggles up inside of the wood burning stove inside of our yurt.
1: We all smell bad together.
0: Equa, what's happening, Equa? Harriet Bowie. Hi, Harriet. Beth Berry, double B. Rocky. Morning, Rocky. Um, there she is, the classy one, Sony. Jasper is mad about Peachy. He had a little fit yesterday. He had a little fit. So, I, you know, I go up into the other room to uh, feed Peachy and hang out with her. And her personality is starting to come out now. So she's very playful.
1: She's very, very playful.
0: So I came out of the room after hanging out with her for about a half an hour. And I came downstairs, shut everything down, go to bed. Jasper climbs up my chest in bed. (laughs) Jasper, you're the man, buddy.
1: You're the man. No doubt about it.
0: You're the man. Yes, he's a very sensitive guy. Uh, let's see. Hucklebuck reporting heavy uh chemtrailing, it's disgusting. It's fucking disgusting. Uh, you, you my, my experience with chemtrails initially was I was livid, so we're talking 96, 97. I remember calling like the SF airport and the FF FAA. I was complaining about this shit. Of course, the, the low level, um, interrogators who are there to just take your call. Didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. It was like, it was like I was Mel Gibson in conspiracy theory. And I just, I, I, I would see these things in the sky every day and i knew what was going on it was pissing me off and you know and that's the other part of the operation right i mean it's not just what happens when this um this goo by the way they change the the cocktail on the goo constantly it's not just the effects of the goo that drips down from the sky but it's seeing it, right? I mean, that's part of the psychological operation because you can't do anything about it. What are you going to do? You sit there, you fume, right? You stew in your, your, your bitter juices. You can't do anything about it. So at a certain point, I, I had to just say, look, there's nothing I can do about it. I can talk about it. I can illustrate it. Um, I remember being, I remember being married and trying to educate my then wife about it. I'm like, look, what's going on up here? Can you see this? She had chemtrail hesitancy. And then that song by Beck came out. Chemtrails. And, you know, and she likes Beck and she's, you know, an alternative rock girl. I'm like,
1: Your boy Beck is singing about it. Well, that's not enough. Okay. So at a certain point, you're like, there's nothing
0: I can do about it. I have to stay healthy. I have I have to stay healthy. And that's exactly what my tack has been. And fortunately, I mean, they do spray here, but they don't spray a ton. Uh, Not like what I saw in Vegas over the weekend. Oh, my. Reminded me of my old California days. Literally watching this guy go from blue to gray. Sick gray. I hadn't seen that in a long time. And then the impact on people. And you got all these street people uh, in Vegas. And they're sucking this stuff in all the time. And I saw some crazy motherfuckers in Vegas, too. You know, I saw I saw fentanyl casualties, guy walking around in his underwear, um, singing some kind of song that only he had the words to really, you know, just lots of club. Vegas is such a weird place because I met some really cool people there, the people that live there, like really cool people. And then you have the crazy side. It's just so fucking weird. You know, if it was, and, and yet, what was it yesterday? I ran across um, how there's a big trafficking tunnel outside of one of the was it some kind of not a convention center, but a, but a, but a care facility in Vegas. That wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, there's just just got to be like like a nest of reptiles living beneath the surface of Vegas. Right. You think it's wild on the on the surface side? The subterranean side has got to be twice as wild. Um let's see.
1: Who else do we have?
0: <laughs> Designated survivor, the most dangerous words in the world are I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Ain't that the truth? Is that a Reagan saying?
1: Uh, let's see.
0: Who else do we have? Chris and Steve are here. What's going on, Crimmies? Great show on Friday. Awesome. There's Bo from the Kabuki Theater. Hi, Bo. Scriba Persia's back today. Quick wave. Can't stay. Good to see you. Gonna work on your TBS report.
1: Make sure you don't have to work this weekend.
0: Uh, let's see. Who else is here? Crossfire Cat. One min FJB demands codifying abortion. The next he feels sad about a child almost dying of cancer. Well, you know, these are the baked in inconsistencies of the model that are made to drive you mad. And Designated Survivor chimes in on it. Love that cognitive dissonance crossfire. Absolutely. So uh, Tom has brought something up here that there's now a fundraiser that has been um, started by one of Pat's friends. So I'm going to look at the fundraiser a little bit more. Uh, there's a link here in chat. Um, I just found out about it this morning, and I think it's probably a good thing. So um, once I once I look at it and um, kind of survey it, I'll I'll definitely put some more energy into. You. Uh, promoting it here let's see kns have a pertinent uh, comment we just lost our massage therapist to cancer from we think working with vax people early on it's an occupational hazard did i say hi to sony
1: if i didn't hi sony if i don't you were too let's see who else we have tundar
0: Spider-Man arrested in Phoenix yesterday, pro-life terrorist. That was wild. There was this guy who was who was scaling uh in between sort of the 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 what would you call it? Like almost well, scaling between the walls on the outside of a skyscraper in Phoenix. And he was there spread eagle, and he, I guess he live streamed or uploaded something, and he was doing it to support somebody who was pregnant and it was like a fundraiser. It was like one of the weirdest fucking things. I mean, that is kind of an end times uh, sort of moment.
1: He was arrested. Phoenix. That's where the superb Al will be this year.
0: Let's see who else we have. Jake Kaiser. What's going on? Goaty. Good to see you here. A resident, uh,
1: a resident celebrity. Welcome back, Jake. Uh, Lynn says, no flying for me. Oh, let's see. Loki, Loki. Mongolian food, yum. Yeah, I've
0: been to those Mongolian... Uh, Walk things tasty, sea pines. What's going on, sea pines? I have imagined the homestead with yurts, but not that kind of cloistered situation. Well, you know, it's going to be closer during the coldest months of the year, right? You're gonna spend a lot of time indoors
1: with the same people. Timothy Hartful. hi Timothy. Steve Letro's here.
0: Look at Steve, getting all macho on us. I finished splitting wood pile, wood big wood pile now. Fireplace to insert roaring at night. Steve, you're a man. Rocky's here. Hi Rocky. Especially when everyone else doesn't see them. Yes, I agree.
1: Uh, let's see Carissa
0: yeah the amazing thing you go into the psychology of chemtrails oh those are those are new clouds they've discovered new clouds yeah those are new clouds I used to see the creepiest chemtrail shit in the bay area I remember one time oh man just crazy stuff I remember one time during a big chemtrail dump, there was this weird, like, river in the sky. It was fucking weird. You could see it. You could just see this current and stream of energy. It, It was independent of anything else that was going on in the sky. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then there were other times where you could tell that they were doing something incredibly massive with the sky itself and and it would form into almost like um, something that looked like the bottom side of an egg curtain, but like a giant square. And like, what is that? That is not natural. There is something sonically sculpting the sky. And of course, you know, you're like, Horton, here's a hoot.
1: And I remember we actually took my kid to Horton, here's a hoot. And um,
0: there was this inside track with my chemtrail denying wife. Chemtrail hesitant wife at the time. There was this inside track where she knew that my reality was being reflected onto that screen with Horton Here's a Who. She knew it, right? She was savvy and conscious enough to understand that that was the metaphor for where I was and where she wasn't. She was the other people that didn't hear the Who.
1: And she knew it. And yet, she denied the hoot. Um, I'm a big Beck fan. I love Beck. Even though he is a Scientologist. I think he might have left Scientology. Let's see. Did I, did, is everybody here?
0: You guys are already donated. You're the best. Yeah, crossfire cat. I don't know. You know, it's it, we didn't set this up. And Tom had actually suggested um, give send go give goF me uh, discuss me as well. I'm with you. Let's see. Equa's here. Did I mention Equa as well? Scrubbies. Tamara always comes in right around the same time. Like I can set my watch to Tamara, pretty much. Uh welcome, Tamara. Always great to have you. All right, let's get into this. Let's talk about this event in Turkey. So
1: geopolitically, there's a big, big issue
0: with Turkey, Sweden, and NATO. Now, this is from January 23rd. This is pre earthquake. Let me bring it up here. From Reuters Erdogan to Sweden don't expect Turkish support for NATO bid after Stockholm protest. You have the four directions. Compass right there. Sweden would not expect Turkey's support for its NATO membership after protests near the Turkish embassy in Stockholm at the weekend, including the burning of a copy of the Quran. President Tayyip Erdogan said on Monday, protests in Stockholm on Saturday against Turkey and against Sweden's bid to join the North Atlantic Treaty Organization have heightened tensions with Turkey who's backing Sweden needs to gain entry into the military alliance. Those who allow such blasphemy in front of our embassy can no longer expect our support for their NATO membership, Erdogan said in a speech after a cabinet meeting. If you love members of terrorist organizations and enemies of Islam so much and protect them, then we advise you to seek their support for your country's security, he said. Swedish Foreign Minister Tobias Bilstrom declined to immediately comment on Erdogan's remarks, telling Reuters in a statement that he wanted to understand exactly what had been said. But Sweden will respect the agreement that exists between Sweden, Finland, and Turkey regarding our NATO membership. Sweden and Finland applied last year to join NATO following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. You know, who did, who brought that? Joe Rogan brought that up, of Russia invading Ukraine. I thought that is a very simplistic depiction of what happened
1: here And this is now the company line. Oh yeah, Russia invaded Ukraine actually what
0: Russia did. Was ultimately protect its own interests. Now, I to me, Russia's a really mixed bag. I don't know which side P- Putin is playing for. I really don't. You know, when I when I see them um, build the largest cricket processing plant on the planet, so that they can introduce crickets as a source of protein, I'm not really trusting Russia.
1: They were in lockstep
0: with the WHO and the World Economic Forum when it came to COVID. They they didn't say, hey, look, we're doing something different. They created their own vaccine, which I believe is what, Sinovac? Is that what it
1: was called? Um,
0: So they didn't dip into the poison well of Pfizer and, and Moderna, but they still played the game.
1: Belarus didn't play the game. But now they're playing the
0: game. They're playing Russia's game. Let's let's keep doing this here. Um, Sweden and Finland applied last year to join NATO following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But all 30 member states must approve their bids. Ankara has previously said Sweden, in particular must first take a clear stance against what it sees as terrorists, mainly Kurdish militants, and a group it blames for 2016 coup attempt in Turkey. U.S. State Department spokesperson Ned Price said Finland and Sweden are ready to join the alliance, but declined to comment whether Washington thought Erdogan's comments meant a definitive shutting of the door to them. Ultimately, this is a decision and consensus that Finland and Sweden are going to have to teach, reach with Turkey, Price said. Price told reporters that burning books that are holy to many is deeply disrespectful act, adding that the United States is cognizant that those who may be behind what took place in Sweden may be intentionally trying to weaken unity across the Atlantic and among Washington's European allies. Now, here's the thing, right? It's not always black and white. And I'm not saying that, Erdogan staged a protest in order to get to this point, but this is how uh, this is how things work inside of governments. You know, there are false flags, there are psychological operations. Do you know? Do do we really know who burned said Quran outside of the Turkish? We don't know. And there are situations where things will be set up so it looks like. Uh, a particular country is a victim of something. Now, this is after the fact, we have this massive earthquake, which I'm going to get into.
1: So who is responsible for the burning of the Quran? This is what the
0: article says. We have a saying in this country, something can be lawful, but awful. I think in this case, what we've seen in the context of Sweden Falls in that category. This is a uh, Ned Price, a token American. The Quran burning was carried out by Rasmus Puladan, leader of Danish far right political party Hardline. Puladan, who also has Swedish citizenship, has staged a number of demonstrations in the past where he burned the Quran. Several Arab countries, including Saudi Arabia, Jordan, and Kuwait, denounced the event. Turkey had already summoned Sweden's ambassador and canceled a planned visit by the Swedish defense minister
1: to Ankara. Okay, so let's find out who Rasmus Pouladon is. Let's do that. All right. So he's Danish.
0: Rasmus Paludan, born the 2nd of January, 1982. So we're talking Gen X Capricorn, is a Danish Swedish politician, lawyer, and far right extremist. He is the leader of the far right Danish political party, Strom Kurs, Straight Course, or Hard Line, which he founded in 2017. So he's kind of like the Nick Fuentes of uh, Sweden. Uh, Paludan has held several events in which the Quran was burned, leading to counter protest some marked by violence and the burning of cars. Palladon is the older brother of Poetina Polydon and writer Martin Palladon. Paladon himself has a migration background as his father is a Swedish journalist, Thomas uh, Polvali, and he lived he has lived in Sweden at times, which says gives him the right to Swedish citizenship. In October 2020, Polydon was officially declared a Swedish citizen by authorities as his father is Swedish. It sounds a bit like a rootless cosmopolitan to me, but we'll keep going. According to his father, Polydon had to pause his studies due to an accident where he was hit by a car while cycling and had brain surgery. He has a bachelor's degree in law. As of September 22, Polydon was studying theology at the University of Copenhagen. Polydon has acted as a defense attorney in a number of cases involving self-styled critics of the system and proponents of medical cannabis such as Lars Krah Anderson, but also in several cases involving immigrant asylum. Between 2015, September, and August 2018, Paladon was employed as a lecturer at the law faculty of the University of Copenhagen in the areas of civil law and property law. In 2016, Paladon started attending meetings of the International Free Press Society and participated in all the demonstrations of the anti-Islamic group, uh, for Freehead, formerly Pegida, Denmark, that year. He also held a speech at one of their demonstrations. Paladon founded the Strom Kurs Party in 2017, which presents strong extremist views on Islam and non Western immigration. Paladon is strongly opposed to non Western immigration and Islam's presence in Denmark. He is well known for his numerous events and political demonstrations, often in areas with many Muslim immigrants. During these demonstrations, he's presented anti-immigrant and racist statements and taunted Muslims in Islam as a whole. It sounds to me like this guy is controlled opposition. Uh, in August 2020, it was revealed through an investigation by Danish newspaper, Extra Bladet that Polydon, through his Discord server, had been talking about hardcore fetish sex with minors, ranging in age from 13 to 17. Polydon did not deny the claims, but denied any wrongdoing, stating that he did not know how old the people he was talking to were, that the boys or the moderators in the chat would have stopped him if he had overstepped any boundaries. This guy feels like controlled opposition right? He is an agent provocateur.
1: Because if he was really, really concerned about the immigration situation, I'll tell you who he would focus his attention on. Pay close
0: attention here. I've played this video a number of times, and it should be absolutely and utterly archived
1: because it is pre-migration, pre-migrational wave into Europe. So if, um, what's his name?
0: Rasmus uh, Pedophile. Rasmus Paludan, if he really wanted to get to the source of the immigration problem, he wouldn't really be going straight after the quote-unquote mic. They are a symptom of the immigration issue. They're not the cause. He's a distraction. He's an agent provocateur. That's what I think. So who is or what is the cause? Pay close attention because if you haven't seen this video, you are going to understand exactly what I'm talking about.
1: Get my headphones on. As we heard, there are people in Sweden who support Israel and have a deep sense of the injustice of the present situation.
0: Hello? Nothing is by accident,
1: right? nothing is by accident. It's these people who give
0: hope to those who still believe that things will get better here. One of them is Barbara Spector, a former American who made Aliyah and then 10 years ago, with the help of the government of Sweden, set up a non-denominational institute of Jewish learning with the Greek name of Paideia, here in Stockholm. She believes the current wave of anti-Semitism in Sweden will pass and that Jews have an important role to play in a country undergoing profound change. I think there's
1: a resurgence of anti-Semitism because at this point in time, Europe has not yet learned how to be multicultural. And I think we're going to be part of the throes of that of that transformation, which must take place. Europe is not going to be the monolithic, uh, Uh, societies that they once were in the last century. Jews are going to be at the center of that. It's a huge transformation for Europe to make. They are now going into a multicultural mode and Jews will be resented because of our leading role. But without that leading role and without that transformation, Europe will not survive. Paideia.
0: Here you go, right?
1: Hold on a second.
0: See, that's the bait and switch. That is the bait and switch. You get you get uh, Barbara Lerner Specter telling you exactly what's going to happen. And it happened.
1: It happened. And then you get
0: this guy who's on a Discord server talking about fetish with 13 or 14-year-olds. And then you send him out to go burn the
1: Quran. The guy's an agent, the
0: guy, the guy is an operative. He's an agent provocateur, and his, his role is to distract, right? If he was really, really serious about his mission, he wouldn't be going after the Muslims. He wouldn't be burning the Quran. He'd have a very different kind of mission.
1: And you would say, well, you know, he's maybe he's uh, ignorant. Uh, no.
0: No. So then they fuel the fire, right? And then now was like, well, fuck you. You know, you're going to disrespect one of the, you know, bigger religions of our country and you're going to provide asylum for the Kurds. They've got this ongoing you know, turf war with the Kurds. He's like, we're not going to support you. It's not going to happen.
1: And then what happens? Massive earthquake. Massive, massive earthquake. Is that a coincidence?
0: Question mark? I don't believe so. So one of the things, and I've been trying to find some, maybe I'll see if I can find something tomorrow. But one of the things that is connected to this whole destruction of large swaths of land is the myth of Atlantis, or the story of Atlantis, depending on where you chime in on it. And when you go back and read some of the Casey stuff that's related to theoretically how Atlantis falls, right? It has to do with using a weapon that the Atlanteans had um, developed, and they were sending it through the earth to uh, damage places like, you know, whatever the remnants of Lemuria were. Or I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, Casey actually talks about the area that we know as China. Where they were sending this weapon through the earth and causing massive earthquakes, and that ultimately the destabilization uh, of that process is one of the is the major factor of bringing this landmass down, right? And using again these massive crystals and you know the super high tech in order to do it. So you know these are echoes of an Atlantean theoretically an Atlantean timeline and the earthquake stuff has been going on for a long time. And I remember back in the early nineties when I, I really started my, my dark dive when Pluto was in Scorpio, my ascendant. And I, you know, I started to, you know, read up on, uh, earthquake wars. And one of the, uh, One of the things that was floating around during that time is that there were actual, uh, again, if you believe in nuclear weapons, right, nuclear devices, um, that there were nuclear devices positioned along the San Andreas Fault in California. And initially, the report was that the Russians had positioned those uh, devices on the fault line. And... Were essentially extorting California and the United States, and that the government knew about it. They couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't send anybody down there to defuse them or whatever. Right later, I had heard that uh, the story changed a little bit, and uh, I'd heard that Israel had placed those same things there. So, but there's 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 always been a weird alliance with those two countries sometimes more cohesive sometimes less but the but the bottom line is, is that like they're there right they're there and they, they they were they were theoretically put there to extort this government and it's like hey you know, do what we say we're gonna we're gonna blow those fuckers up and california will drop into the ocean and if you look at uh, some serious earthquakes in California. Uh, The one that I'm really thinking about is the one uh, that affected the 1989 World Series between the Giants and the A's. And they were were, uh, playing, uh, I believe, at Candlestick Park. And of course, they had that massive earthquake. And, you know, was that earthquake triggered? Do they have uh, the technology to trigger earthquakes. I think they do.
1: And that was a clear message to
0: Turkey. Like, you better play ball. You better play ball here. If you don't play ball here, we got another couple of earthquakes that are waiting in the wings. That's what I think is going on. Turkey's a Turkey is an interesting, very interesting. Um, and unusual entity
1: uh historically. You know, they had a you know pretty tremendous golden age in Turkey. And and um, you know, it was
0: it was the Ottoman Empire, right? It extended all over the place, you know, people like this guy behind me who, you know, a Kazakh who looks, you know, kind of Mongolian and and they have, you know, other people there who look kind of more traditionally European, you know, you look at it uh, through the eyes of the Byzantine, you know, the Byzantine Empire, the last outpost of Rome, which outlasted Rome, the Byzantine Empire outlasted Rome as an empire. And they, and, you know, uh, sporadically, Turkey would go through these major tectonic shifts, in terms of its uh, influence and power and culture, major tectonic shifts. In the last one in our time, was World War One, where you know they were on the side of the Germans and uh, the uh, the Russians and the Italians, right? So they were they were they got penalized in in a big way, you know with the Treaty of Versailles. It was like, there's no more Ottoman Empire. You're done, right? And, you know, maybe they had to protect their own interests. This is what happens with countries. They get suckered into wars. Because if you don't protect your own interests, what's going to happen? This other country, who's likely, um, you know, getting money loaned to them from the banking families, particularly the Rothschilds, Take that money and they do what? They buy weapons and they they will also buy soldiers. Like back in the day, it was the Hessians who were soldiers for hire, right? So you pay people to fight in your army, you know, or if you're um, somehow able to drum up some kind of religious fervor or nationalist fervor, you can get your own people to die for you. So if you're a country that's like, well, I really don't want to go to war, I just want to respect our boundaries here. Now all of a sudden you have this country that's aggressive, they've got resources, they've got, they've got um, you know, armaments, soldiers for hire. Maybe there's some kind of event they've drummed up, a little false flag. And you're the other country like, well, shit, we got to get, we got to figure this out now or else they're going to steamroll us. So what do they do? They knock on the Rothschilds door. Hey, we need to borrow some money so we can build up our defenses. Oh, sure. No problem. We'll help you out there. So now the Rothschilds are vested in both sides. They don't care who wins because whoever wins will be beholden to them. Right. And this is how a lot of wars start. You know, there's a debate about whether humanity is peaceful and um, has a general respect for life and the um, sanctity and the boundaries of one's life and the boundaries of another life versus uh, humanity is evil at the core and, you know, all humanity wants to do ultimately is... Pillage and plunder. It's an ongoing debate. And I'm more in the former camp versus the latter camp. Um, And there are people in the latter camp, and they are periodically and systematically triggered and socially engineered to lean more into that camp. So, Turkey is that was a big turning for Turkey. It was 1917, right? And It basically said you're no longer the Ottoman Empire. Your 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 historical and ethnic history is obliterated, and it's ours now. So then, of course, they become Turkey, and they weren't Turkey before then. And oh, by the way, that little patch of land there, yeah, one, the one that's you know called Palestine. We're taking that. Because we're breaking up your border. So now you have Mandate Palestine being run by guess who? The English.
1: Oh. Well, I think the the
0: the best thing to do is to give that to the, the Zionist Congress. Yeah, you guys have this. Well, isn't that your holy land?
1: here you go. We got it back for
0: you, right? Huge, pivotal, pivotal time. And it came at the expense of in many ways, Turkey losing its sovereignty because they were on the wrong end of the stick during World War One. It's pivotal time, right? And there are other periods and you know, go go back to, Uh, the Byzantine Empire, right? The fall of the Byzantine Empire. That's all internal. That's a whole, we could do a whole show on that. That's an amazing story, actually. But, you know, here we go again, right? And uh, Turkey's in a weird place, because they want to retain some of their sovereignty, some of their uh, historic, religious, ethnic sovereignty, I don't blame him, but on the other hand, Erdogan also needs to play ball with NATO because he wants to stay in power, right He needs to play ball with the West, and I guarantee you he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to play ball with the West, but he has to and now he's got this massive uh disaster on his hands, and they sent a huge, huge message. Somebody asked me if um there's any proof that these weapons exist. So there are two things that I'm going to bring up. One, uh, I'm going to get to the article um, that Beverly sent me. Uh, but the other is I was using, oh, by the way, Jason Whitlock's show last night was really good. Really, really good. This is a brief aside. Does anybody watch Valuetainment and that guy, Patrick Bet David? Anybody watch that show? I've never liked it, by the way. There was something always... First of all, who the fuck would name their show Valuetainment? Like, it's just the
1: weirdest name for Valuetainment. It's like you're getting the most value for your attainment here.
0: Valuetainment. Sounds cheap. And I I I was watching that guy two or three years ago. A little rough around the edges. Speaks five languages. He's no dummy. English is not his uh, native language. But he brought Jason out to Florida to be on a show. To- did a total bait and switch on him. I don't want to get off the subject too much, but it's really interesting. And very interesting insight into... Um, a content creator who's got like four million fucking subscribers. Four million subscribers
1: Patrick Bed David is kind of like a cross between Joe Rogan,
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Tony Robbins. But not all the best parts. All right. So I wanted to get into this a little bit here. Um, You go back
1: to... What what was this? 2021? 2021. Um,
0: 2019, my bad. October 8th, 2019. Wow, it's almost four years ago. New details on the tragedy of the Russian spy submarine... Loscharek, the full scope may never be publicly known of the July 1 fire aboard a deep diving submarine in the Arctic in which 14 Russian submariners lost their lives. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov described the submarine's mission as a state secret. However, based on analysis of open sources, I can reveal details of the submarine's movements before and after the event. This is a this was a um, very deep research submarine. It could
1: descend into uh uh extremely deep high pressure zones
0: And something happened. Something happened a, a elite, there were elite sailors called hydronauts. Something happened to this submarine. A lot of people suspect that there was foul play involved.
1: A lot of people suspect there was foul play
0: involved. Like it was taken out. We could almost um, attribute it to being a soft act of war. She said, well, you know, maybe something just happens to submarines like that. That they're uh, vulnerable
1: to having a fire. It's possible. But what happens in the days after that is quite interesting. Now, The
0: article that I posted was a review of what happened to the submarine. It did not um, go down in October. It happened before October.
1: So what happened after the
0: mysterious fire on this deep sea research elite Russian submarine?
1: That was never seen again.
0: Ridgecrest earthquakes caused up to five billion in damage to China Lake Naval Base. Two months after twin earthquakes, we always like the twin symbolism rocked small towns of Ridgecrest and Trona. Details are emerging about the damage done to nearby China Lake Naval Air Weapons Station. The Navy's largest base are developing and testing weapons of warfare underground. That's an underground base. There's an above ground and there's an underground. The base was so badly damaged that officials are suggesting several buildings be demolished and replaced. The cost of returning the facilities to normal could top $5 billion, according to Navy documents. The China Lake Naval Station is less than 10 miles from the epicenters of the Ridgecrest quakes that rocked the region on July 4th and July 5th. The base was open only to essential personnel after the first earthquake, a magnitude 6.4. But following the 7.1 trembler, the facility was evacuated. A degree of normalcy has outwardly returned to the Western Mojave Desert, the social media post said. Nevertheless, restoration and repair of infrastructure and facilities diligently continues throughout the, the uh, installation. This earthquake was so intense that I was watching the summer league action in the NBA that was taking place in Las Vegas. And you, the, you could actually see the earthquake on the court in Las Vegas. And you could watch everybody kind of go and run out of the building. That's how strong that earthquake was. So was it a coincidence that an earthquake damaged one of the main weapons facilities on the West Coast? Shortly after, a Russian submarine mysteriously catches fire, not just any Russian submarine, but a Russian submarine that has the ability to descend into depths that are very, very hard to uh, to trace, right? Somebody knew it was there. Now, some people would say, well, there are USOs, unidentified um, uh, uh, sea objects, right? A USO.
1: And I've heard stories that, you know, there are... are species,
0: races that live under the water at extreme depths. And I've heard they're not they're not friendly. Like they are not friendly. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe the Russians got a little too close to uh, the keepers of the abyss But then again, maybe not. So when we get into this world, right? and we start to really peel the layers back, this whole idea of conventional warfare just goes right out the window. You know, we're, we're, and we're dealing with things that if, if they, you know, if they got on the news and, and, and uh, Anderson Cooper did a 60-minute special on it, for most people, make their toes curl. You know, so we're dealing with things that are subsonic frequencies that can trigger tremblers. Subsonic frequencies, maybe highly explosive weapons positioned at, you know, key areas along fault lines. We're talking directed energy weapons, fire from the sky that can target something very specific and leave everything else around it, remain virtually intact. Like this is a world that a lot of people are not hip to. You know, and then we get into the whole frequency wars and, you know, whatever 5G is or or whatever we're dealing with microwaves and radio, not even radio transmissions. Radio transmissions are minor. And remember, you know, the analog spectrum was removed and everything was put on the digital. So that meant that that analog spectrum that is used or was used by TV stations to um, broadcast their signal and your antenna up on your roof would retrieve that signal and bring it in to your analog TV, they abandoned that. So that's a whole spectrum that theoretically could be occupied by something very different than all the other transmission that was taking place during that time. So now we're into frequency. Now, this this is a whole, when you get into the earthquake world and using sophisticated weaponry to destabilize places, like what I think we're seeing in Turkey, it opens up a whole can of worms. It's not just one thing. And then you see these wars that are going on, like theoretically what's happening in uh, Ukraine and Russia. Well, if they wanted to, they could unleash unconventional you know, warfare stuff. They can end it pretty quickly. Seriously. And, you know, who's got it? Who has the uh, the weaponry? Well, probably everybody. China's got it. We've got it. Russians have it. You know, this is what happens. People will s- spill the state secrets. They'll sell them. Right. So it's not like anybody has um, a super advantage. Everybody has their kind of thing that they could use and pull out in order to uh, level the, the the playing field in some ways, right? So I don't think one group has um, a, a patent on all this super high-tech weaponry. But if Russia wanted to, they could they could end the war easily. Seriously. They could do it easily. They could just focus on Kiev. They could level Kiev. And they wouldn't even have to use a hypersonic missile. But these long-drawn-out wars are... Much better, right? For the forces behind the wars, which soak up and suck up the energies, suffering, frustration, bitterness, impotence. Because if you don't want the war, there's nothing you can fucking do about it. Fear, right? All these things. So the you know the the long tail and the slow kill has much more um, juice. Also, if you're a military industrial contractor, shit, you don't want a quick end to a war. You want to be able to keep selling those weapons over and over and over and over again. So even though these massive weapons can be equalizers, um, and sometimes they're used. They're not always used to end wars. Right? That's the ironic part of it. They'll be used to create collateral damage. They'll be used to punish certain countries for certain things. I wonder what's going to happen to Thailand. Keep your eye on Thailand, because we have this princess who clearly um, is being seen by her parents, the king and the queen of Thailand, as being a victim of taking the jab. That's what their parents, the king and queen of Thailand, are now asserting. Right. So they're not happy. They're, they're not happy. What's going to happen with Thailand? Are they going to p- uh, pitch a fit? And if so, what would be the retribution for that? Because that's the other part of this, too. Like they'll, they'll tell them, look, we'll take your ass down. You know, we'll stage protests here in this country, and they'll happen within weeks. And then within two months, you'll be seeking asylum in Malaysia. That's what they'll tell them. So these are very interesting times, right? Super interesting. And Thailand has become uh, a major cog in, guess what? The tire production. When I was looking for tires for my car, you know, I wanted to find out where they were coming from. And the majority of the tires on the market now originate in Thailand, Malaysia, and China. And generally in that order. So Thailand plays a huge role in putting the rubber on the road in this country and the world, right? So that said, there's a multinational stake in China. I'm sorry, not China, um, uh, Thailand. Multinational stake. So this is where everything gets tangled up and there's all these international interests. But keep your eye on Thailand, because it's a it's a developing situation. All right, Um, I think I'm going to get to the article tomorrow that um, Beverly sent me because I want to I want to bone up a little bit on the Casey stuff in Atlantis and the uh, tech wars of Atlantis, because I think they're pertinent to the conversation here with Turkey. Uh, You know, this is really rough. You got a bunch of people now over in Turkey whose lives are fucked. Like they're really fucked. They can't, you know, Syria can't get aid. You know, part of Syria has like had to go through some damages. This is really a bad situation, really bad situation. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry that these people have to go through this. You know, and, And ultimately, you know, we're all kind of in the same bucket. You know, just snap of a finger, like, no, teach them a lesson, right? Teach them a lesson. And um, when you see stuff like this, or when I see stuff like this and some of the other things, I, you know, I am not a, a, a biblical person in that regard, but how can you not look at something like the Grammys and Sam Smith and uh, the satanic ritual of the Grammys, and then seeing this absolutely destructive force come in and just, you know, ruin hundreds and thousands of lives in Turkey and not make the connection that we're living in very perilous times. And, you know, I do believe in uh, a divine force. I do believe in God personally. And when a culture or a society or a world goes too far. There's a correction. There's a correction and the correction is coming. It has nothing to do with Klaus Schwab in the world economic forum's version of it. All right. I think that's it for today. Uh, we'll return to Turkey tomorrow and I'm going to, I'm going to crack open this document um, that Bev sent me. Cause I want to, I want to go over it and, and hammer out some of the details and try to uh, compile some other examples. Everything, things are just getting so much harder to find on the internet. Back in the day, I could go 2010, 2011, type something. Incredible stuff comes up. Now you really gotta gotta work. And if you find things, I would say bookmark them and print them out. Two-stage process, bookmark them and print them out because the internet will vanish and go away. already is all right thanks for being here um use your head in order to see what's real your heart to say when what's possible look at that big bird there jasper what would you see if you saw a bird that big you'd run take good care much love to each and every one of you we'll see you back here tomorrow at 9 11 a.m take care bye for now